The views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Key Biscayne mm-hmm. Independent. From Key Biscayne, Florida, this is Antisocial, the interview program where we discuss the things that are popping up on our social media feeds and try to put them back in their place. I'm Tony Winton. It's like whack-a-mole. Exactly. I like whack-a-mole. It's the whack- I'm Tom Moslum, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as you would expect. Um, yeah, the, we, we are the whack-a-mole of talk shows. Right. I like this. This is That's that's the best Can way we we've get done. a whack-a-mole? Like, is it like a hammer? With, with my head on it. <laughs> we should have the game where I pop up from the holes and the people on the latex chat could hit me. Oh, man. <laughs> this is a good idea. To, this is our best idea yet. Okay. I want to do like Jeopardy. Oh, you really? Like, yes. You, we could do a whole show where everything has to be in the form of a question. What is a bullhorn, Tony? Andy. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Our guest Stop. is already Stop. kibitzing. Stop. Already. <laughs> I made a promise. Made a promise. Right. He did make a promise. You know, we're in, se- we're in season six here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're used to me breaking promises. <laughs> All right. Well, it's the, uh, it's, the, uh, it's the candidate series. My favorite, my favorite series. I love interviewing all the candidates who are running for village council and mayor and all that stuff. And council member Ed London has joined us in the studio today to, uh, to answer questions from you and put up with me. Right. Because <laughs> it's... A ritual every two years that we go through an election, we mm-hmm. have three seats and then three other seats. But Mr. London, you have this is actually going to be your, if you're elected, this will be your third term, right? That's correct. In a row? No. No. I was going to say, why would you stay on the, that long? <laughs> I, I guess you so seem that, like an, you seem like a smart guy. That, that's really the question. Ed London is, is is joining us. I guess that is the first question. You've already had the full double measure of punishment, He's service mas- to the state. <laughs> I, I guess wondering why masochist. You're again. I guess that's very true, Tony. Uh, I was there four years between 2012 and 2016. I thought I accomplished what I was trying to accomplish at the time. We got ourselves a new dog park, reduced the unfunded liabilities for the pension plan for over $5 million. We started bringing some kind of physical and financial reasonableness, for lack of a better word, to the operation of the village. The next two years, I just aggravated myself. I saw what they did in council. I saw how they gave back the $5 million plus much more. I found it was completely fiscally irresponsible, so I ran for office again. I've been banging my head against the wall for the last four years, and you might say I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't look at it that way. I think, if nothing else, I believe a little bit of restraint to the financial operations of the Key Biscayne government. It's wasteful, it's inefficient, and it bothers the hell out of me. And I'm trying to make it better, and I will keep trying if I get elected for four more years. So a, a job unfinished is what you're saying. That's correct. 
So explain a little bit about the uh, what you mean by irresponsible. What, what fiscally about how the village is being run, remembering that you've been part of running it, is needs to be fixed f- fiscally? Well, basically what happens is we're dealing with a monopoly. But it's the worst kind of monopoly. In most monopolies, you have a chance you're going to buy the stuff from the monopoly or you're not going to buy it. Here you have no choice. You only have to buy police, fire services from the monopoly. The monopoly also can charge you what they want. It's called taxation. You have no choice. You will pay what they want. Now, given those two things, in a private world, you'd have to have top-notch services, qualities as competitive price. I'm not saying we don't have good services. We do. I do want to have first-class services. I'm completely for that. My question is, how do you do it efficiently? When I look around and I examine the budget and examine the departments, I see a lot of fat. And that fat is waste. And that waste is translated into taxpayers paying money for waste. And it's not necessary. It's inefficient. It bothers the hell out of me. All right. Well, we'll, we will definitely have a a section talking about the budget because unlike the other guests for this round of interviews, you actually have a vote and a final vote coming up next week. So we'll... We'll come to that in a second, but we just to keep pace with them with all the other subjects, let's go to the other huge issue in this campaign, which is the investment or spending or whatever term you want to use on sea level rise, resiliency. <coughs> this is, these are projects to deal with flooding. $250 million. I don't have the sound. To <laughs> and you have no idea if that's an accurate number. It's, it's a, it nor might be, do I. might be a lower number. Right. It sounds low to me. Right. Well, it's a ballpark number. Right, yeah. Let me tell you, there's a number of things involved, and these things aren't discussed. They have this company, I guess it's Acom, who's doing the job, and they're a fine company. And they said to us, what should we do? What kind of level of service do we want? And we said, well, give us a 10-year flood. 10-year, excuse me, 10-year 10, 10 event, which I think is eight inches of water in 24 hours. And that differs from a five-year, which is... Seven inches, and that doesn't sound like much, one inch, but basically it's probably 14, 15% more. Now, the question really becomes, if that is a 10-year event, does that happen once in 10 years, the other one five years? No one really knows because climate changes. might be better, it might be worse. Before I'm willing to go ahead and commit X amount of dollars, what I want to see is, what is the probability of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? And what kind of inconvenience that causes our residents to have those various flood events? And what is the cost associated with this that flood event? Then it's a trade-off between the cost and the inconvenience and how often it occurs. So, and until you have those numbers, you really won't know. The next thing is that we've authorized ACOM to go ahead and prepare what they call a 30% bid or 30%, <coughs> excuse me. 30% spec, so that people can bid on this and determine what it's going to cost us. And this is for the school area, school basin area, I think they call it. And until that's done, we're really not going to know. Next thing is that I am completely against doing business as usual that we've done in Key Biscayne for a long time. And what that means is we hire consultants, we hire engineers, we hire designers, And then we put it out to bid with an unbelievable specification. And the more specs we put on there, the higher the cost becomes. And the experience we've had with the uh, dog park was incredible. We made sure that no one wanted to bid. We had 
14 bidders who were interested in bidding. We prepared our spec, and for that dog park, I think it cost us between $135,000 and $150,000 to prepare a set of specs and plans for the dog park. If you've been there, it's a great dog park, but that's crazy. The company that did Miami, oh, it would be north of the Omni on the bay, they did a dog park there. That bidder charged them design build $400,000. He came to our bidding uh, invitation. And he decided based on what we required and everything else, he wasn't interested in bidding. So we spent over a million dollars. And I see us, if we don't change going the same way, the same thing is going to happen on our storm source. So I'm for taking the 30%, putting it out to design build, and going from there. And do the same thing for the entire village. Then we're going to know what's going to cost us, and that's what we should do. We have to do it. We have no choice. On the question, though, of eventually funding it, that's just one little section, the Uh K-8 Basin. The the other part of that project involves the entire island. We haven't talked about undergrounding or the Army Corps of Engineers and all the shoreline. There's a lot of other things. The overall cost number is driven by all, all of these things. And the question in front of the voters is, should we double the debt cap or not? What's your position on that? (laughs) Again, I have to say, what can we raise today? I think $90 million is 1% of 9 billion. We have existing debt, so we have less than $80 million today. Today, obviously, $80 million is great because we haven't spent it. We don't need it today. Going forward, we're going to need 80 million plus more. So the question is, do you vote on it today? You voted on it for two years today. It's not a question of you're going to need it. The question is when you're going to vote for it. If you want to vote for it today, that's great. If people decide they don't want to have it today, well, they better know they're going to need it two years from today. But it's something we're going to need if we are going to do storm sewer, if we're going to do <clears throat> the Back Bay and the Army Corps of Engineers, we have to contribute to that. How are you voting? <laughs> I'm going to vote for it. Okay. Because I don't vote for it today, I'll vote for it two years from today. So it's just a question of timing. And there's going to be a lot of time, energy, and emotional capital spent on arguing against it. Are you saying that that is futile? No, I'm just saying that, listen, if people don't want to vote for it today for whatever reason, and one of the reasons is, well, we don't know how much it's going to cost. So why should we do it today? <laughs> well, we, we know it's going to cost more than well, $80 million. You say that, and I think so. But not everybody knows that. I got you. And everybody believes yeah, fair that. Enough, fair and enough. And everybody also knows that the what the village has done it's one of the reasons people might not want to vote against it. We always over budget. And instead of lowering the taxes the next year, we throw it into the slush fund. It's called unassigned. Right, well, Gen- I, I have to say the word slush fund has a meaning, at least in journalism, which connotes a, a form of illegality. Oh, You're no, not Ill- accusing no, anyone of doing anything. Oh, illegal. no illegality okay, whatsoever. Okay. Right. I mean, slush, only that it's moving around, but it's not going in any one particular direction. Uni- undirected, unidentified. Un- unidentified. Right. Yeah. General funds. How's yes. that? Much better. Not sitting in someone's door Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Don't, right. no. I, okay. Listen, the one thing I will say is we got great quality people. I believe they're honest and decent and hardworking and do the best they can. So uh, when I say slush, I don't mean that. I mean unassigned. That's yeah, I, I, think, I think the village... Um, when it comes to the heat of politics, sometimes loses sight of the idea that you're all on the same team. Uh, and you could see this in the angry mailers that have come out uh, on the mayoral campaign. You see it in some of the heated rhetoric that happens from the Dias. 
Uh, how do you curb some of that and how do you keep reminding as in your position? How would you remind people that, well, hey, listen, we're all in the same team here. We all live here. We're very fortunate to live here. We're all very lucky to live here. And I think we all want the same thing. We're on a dry island. No one wants to be walking water, walking around. So I think we no, all no, have- Some people post pictures of them riding water skis being towed by cars. And they say, those are the good old days of Key Biscayne. I mean, I've seen that after the last heavy rain. Well, okay. I guess we- I, People take floats and they float around the flooded well, streets. I, I mean, like- I'm, Are you suggesting the Venice option instead of streets no, or I'm canals? I'm just saying that that there there are there are there is a contingent. The question before you, C- Councilman London, is uh, Tony's question is: Are you for the Venice option? I believe that was the question. <laughs> canals would be wonderful. <laughs> That's what I heard. Okay, I heard you've heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> you you are you are no what's that job called? Where you. Uh, the gondolier. Yeah, the gondolier. The That's gondolier. Right. Now it's called a stand-up out of work. <laughs> stand-up comic. Um, you're notoriously fiscally conservative. You no, have, I'm fiscally responsible. You have. I, I'm not sure I use the word notorious. Well, uh, word on the street is an entire union decided to just wait you out rather than negotiate with you. They were smart. That's <laughs> that. They did that the first time. If, if elected, and they got the five million back. If elected. It's going to be a long wait, a longer wait for him this time because those negotiations are coming back around. Okay. Talk to me about the pending uh, contract negotiations with uh, with fire well, and, uh, and soon to come. Yes, they okay. haven't started yet. Pending. As far pending. as I'm concerned, pending. we have great firemen, paramedics. We have great policemen. Question is, do we have too many? Not a question of what we're definitely paying them, but how many we have. You all heard my point. At least Tony has. I, I've gone around and. I don't just talk top of my head. I said, okay, seems like a lot of police for this little mile and a half island we have. So I went ahead and I drove. 38 now, right? No, they didn't. Well, yeah, I guess they (laughs) I think so. But maybe the two weren't filled yet. Anyway, the, the, um, I went around and said, okay, fine. Why don't we, people complain to me about never seeing the police. You have all these police and you don't see them. That's ridiculous. So this goes back a number of years ago, and I went around and I said, okay, fine. If I divide the island into three sectors, and I drove around very slowly, never over 20 miles an hour, stopped everywhere, craned my head left and right, how long would it take? And I don't remember exactly, but I think one was 32 minutes, one was 30 minutes, one was 17 minutes, which means I don't know how to divide equally. But anyway, having said that means that you could basically, a policeman could cover the area twice an hour if you wanted to. Just going through the beat, knowing the people, knowing the kids, knowing the cars, knowing the dogs, and knowing anything that transpires. So I did that, and I went ahead and created a task force number of police, and it came out to about 29 that we needed total. And that includes people to be at the D.A.R.E. program with the school, the detective, all these various things. And we got all done. Vacation, holiday, sick time. Yes, basically vacation, holiday, and sick time. All this, all the thing, and assuming the maximum. In other words, the sick time, basically some people don't take it, they buy it, things like that. So I assumed the worst. Did all that stuff. And basically, it went nowhere. So, and I've brought it up before, and I was told by a previous police chief, that you can't do that, it's too boring. You know, this neighborhood beat, what I call 
this new police chief, he's saying fine. He's going to get into the don't call it police uh, beat policing anymore. Now it's called community policing. And now they got some bicycles and some other stuff. And uh, so basically, it's still not doing what I'm talking about. And he still wants more people. I mean, this goes back to us approving back in I think 2014 that we'd have three policemen patrol the causeway because we didn't think the county is doing a good job. Now all you hear is people bitching that there's too many people from the county policing the causeway and are giving out too many tickets. But we still have basically the policemen. We have motorcycle cops. You can't get out of first gear on Key Biscayne. I mean, and there's reasons why all these things happen and evolved. I'm not saying they're good reasons, but they're reasons. So I'm for making that responsible. I have three, three fire chiefs, one chief and two deputies. Now, we never have more than eight people working. And the three fire chiefs don't work only one shift during the day. So even we have three chiefs, two of the shifts are 16 hours. There's no chiefs. So it's really three chiefs. I mean, again, I'm not saying we should get rid of them. I'm saying things should be better utilized. Uh, I can't, like I say, in the real world, you couldn't get away with this. Here, because great source of income, taxes, you can do that. So, that, so if you call me a fiscal conservative, no, I'm fiscally responsible. I'm trying to eliminate waste. As one vote on the council, how do you influence all the others? Well, <laughs> I love all my council members, but we're all different kinds of people. We have all different backgrounds. Most of them are professionals. I'm probably the only business person on the council at this point in time, to the best of my knowledge. So basically they have a different outlook, different perspective, whether it be for spending money, for consultants, for whatever. Uh, so I have had support from one of the council members. But but I'm going to just do this simple, simple premise question. Yes, the sir. Premise, the premise of your statement is basing that people aren't, you know, if you look at government being a transaction, people pay taxes, they get a service. You're looking at it in a very, com very commercial sense, right? I pay a certain number of dollars, I get services for it. I go to the supermarket, I pay a certain number of dollars, I get whatever I'm buying at the supermarket. But if you look at the opinion surveys that the village does, all of these departments get stupendous marks. And not only that, the village residents say that they feel they're getting good value for money. So I guess my question is, what, how do you, how do you uh, um, square that, your position with what most of the folks in the village think? It's simple. I agree. We have good services. We have good people. I disagree that we should have beat policing rather than the kind of policing we have because people do complain about that all the time. Now, <clears throat> when you say you get good services, how much do the services cost? If you go to the supermarket and per you capita buy, you wanna, you or how, buy, how are you measuring and, it? And you want to buy coffee and the coffee's yeah. $7 a pound. You think it's too expensive. You go to a different supermarket and buy for $6. Here you get the services. You have no choice what you pay for those services. So basically, we are board of directors. We're overseeing the operation, and we are really taking care of, we're responsible for the taxpayers' money, what they're paying. And I feel it's my duty to do that. No matter if anybody agrees with me or not, I will still do that. Fortunately, lately, I'm getting some more agreement. Okay. Let, me, uh, let me switch subjects uh, and talk about the causeway for a minute. And the causeway mm -hmm. is a big deal, not just because it's the only way in and out, but it requires an enormous amount of cooperation from the city and the county. 
and the relationships with the surrounding areas have been hit and miss. How are you going to put your stamp on the coming council to work more effectively with specifically the city of Miami, who has been a problem child for Keep His Gain for a long time? Well, we started this thing when they started to have the boat show. And we decided, you know, we're going to go sue them. And we're going to stop them. We had no standing. We had no legal rounds to do it. We spent about a million three. Fortunately, I can tell you, I voted against it. I tried to stop it. We didn't have one lawyer. We'd have two lawyers showing up for our meetings. One time, the third lawyer showed up, and the lead lawyer said to me, listen, I'm not, you're not paying for the third person. Because, see, I was complaining about the second person. Buy, buy, uh, so, buy, buy two, but, get one free? No, yeah, that was it. And basically, and I met with the mayor of the city of Miami at the time, and it was like a joke. They thought we were a joke, okay? So I keep doing it. And then we did the thing with the Marine Stadium. We were going to make a deal with them at the Marine Stadium. So they can say that there's a problem child. They don't care about us. The way we've, we've reacted, you have to know your respective positions. If you're somebody six foot tall and you're fine, fine fighting somebody is 10 foot tall, you better have a big weapon. If you don't have that weapon, you better convince them, listen, let's be a nice guy and try and work together. And so before I go sue anybody, it's the last thing I'm ever going to do. I'm going to try and work things out. I'm going to try and make things good. I'm going to try them, say, you know what? We can live together. We both can exist and we both can be happy. What's your view of the very draft plan the administration has come up with for the Rickenbacker Causeway? Do you think it has any chance? Um, what is the relationship with the, the administration at the county level? Okay, well... The first thing that bothered me was that I asked the village before they went ahead and the other people go spend all this money, go meet with the Plan Z people. Go That's look, right. You proposed having a forum. Yeah. And go look at what they propose and see how we can improve upon it or see if we like it. Because our first thing is no, no, no. Why reinvent the wheel? And of course, they didn't do that. They went ahead and whatever reason and did that. Now, for what they've come up with, again, I think this is not just me, but a number of people feel the same way, is that they have two lanes, two express lanes, for lack of better And again, somebody says, suppose a car breaks down. Suppose there's an accident. What happens? Everything gets blocked up. So I would think that that's the major drawback of the plan that I saw. Now, whether it's three lanes or whether it's wide enough lanes, so there's a a problem, you can pull a car over to the side and pass by, but it, I believe that can be worked out. Other than that, it seemed to achieve most of the things that we were looking for. Now, yeah, but there's no money. Well, there's not a question of money. Listen, it's not our road, number one. Number two, we should not, as key Biscayners, be paying any toll. Forget about increasing the toll. Why should we be paying a toll? I mean, this is like an easement to get to the world from Key Biscayne to the world. And it's a causeway. And that's the county. We pay county taxes. There's no reason why Key Biscayners should pay anything. But you know what? They floated bonds many years ago when they built the causeway. We've been paying ever since. It's a small amount of money, so nobody really complained. But as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, we really shouldn't be paying anything. As far as the... the uh, well, how, how do you have any skin in the game or a seat at the table if your position is I'm not going to pay anything for something that I really need? Well, <laughs> Does that work at a gas station? 
I really need my gas tank filled up, but I don't not going to pay because I think you should give it to me. <laughs> I'll try that, Tony. Next you time, let me I know go. how that works out. <laughs> I'll try that. Uh, yeah, write me, text I'll, me if that works. I'll okay? try that, Tony. You know, I, you know, we always lead with our pocketbook. Right. We did the same damn thing with Mast. As you know, I was the vice chairman of the oversight state oversight for the Tate County School System, and instead of going ahead and saying, "Hey," We need a school. We need this. We need that. What do we do? We say, hey, we'll, here's our checkbook. We'll pay. We'll pay. And, hey, you want to give us money? We'll take your money. I mean, they waste an incredible amount of money in the Dade County school system. Unbelievable. And yet, that's the way we led things. And if we want to lead things the same way, hey, we want to pay. They'll take our money. Well, un- no doubt about unfortunately, it. in your analogy of the six-foot guy fighting the 10-foot guy, uh, the powerful weapon that Key Biscayne has as the six-foot guy is money. You're you're an incredibly wealthy municipality, both from a municipality point of view and as all of the human beings that live in the municipality. So if you are going to get leverage, that is sort of the easiest thing to pick. No, I don't think so. Because all the money we have is insignificant to the county or the city. But the one thing we can do with the money is lobby. Lobby the individual members of the county commission. We basically have one representative because that's the way things are set up. It's not a multi-member district or multi-district. So what I would be doing would be lobbying every one of those commissioners to make sure they understand where we're coming from. Well, fortunately, you have a pair of lobbyists running for mayor. What do you think about the mayoral race? Well, we had to get to that topic sooner or later. <laughs> anyway, so no, going, let's finish this one. Yeah. So you're asking me what I would do. What I would do is we make sure we're lobbying each and every one of those county commissioners. The same thing with the city commissioners. Every one of them, they would be lobbied. We would be good guys, not always fighting them. We were trying to work together with them. And we were supporting them. We we're doing anything we can right. to get them to support well, us. Well, a number of them are big into privatization. You know, that's another issue. You, do you have a position on that? Well, obviously. You want to talk to Plan Z? That's their plan. <laughs> Put yourself in their position, the county commissioners. You know, we get rid of this headache, which costs us money. We go ahead and somebody else will take care of it. They'll pay for it. They'll take care of it. That's great. Goodbye. They'd love to do it. Well, to, if, to fix it, to do the work necessary would be a massive bond. They would have to go to the voters, and the voters would have their heads. That's why it's so easy to give it to private. That's correct. Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell you. <clears throat> that's correct. Now, I'm putting myself in their position. Put myself in the Key Biscayne position. I don't want them to privatize it. I want them to basically improve it, but not privatize it. So the question is, what influence do we have? Again, some not privatizing it. Probably little to none except lobbying each individual commissioner. Who does the lobbying? Well, it can be, we're fortunate, as you mentioned before. We have capital, financial capital, intellectual capital, and relationship capital. We have a lot of relationship capital in Key Biscayne. We have to utilize that capital. We have to bring it forward, get them involved. And they're not necessarily involved in unelected officials or anything else. There are residents who love living here and can do a lot to help us. And that's what we have to do. Do you think the administration is doing a good job on this project so far and your overall assessment of the manager you voted to hire? Listen, not only voted to hire, I pushed him. Okay. I think he's a good leader and everything else, but unfortunately, like most 
uh, government uh, administrators. He's always been in the government, in this case, the Army, which means lots of overhead, lots of people, and not lots of efficiency. But he does a good job. But can you do it less expensively? And I, my question is yes. Right. Now you get to ask your question. I've been waiting. What I mean, what's the mayor? You want to? Oh, yeah, no, I did well. We were talking. We were talking off off air about uh, the uh, the mayoral race and how contentious it's gotten, how the and the state of politics on the island, and as sort of one of the you know one of the longtime guys who's been involved since the beginning. How do you forty nine years? You said right. Yeah. Talk about the shift that you're seeing most recently, and what what your thinking is. Well, you know, it's not very pleasant. And I hate to see it. I mean, this is, as we mentioned before we came on the air, what do we ever see packs and nastiness and a mayor's race? I mean, mayor's race, it's, it's crazy. Most of the time, nobody would even run for mayor. It was usually unopposed. So occasionally we had somebody run against another person. But when Frank ran, when Myra ran, when, when uh, Mike ran, this thing, nobody even ran against mayor. I mean, because the mayor really has no more power than any council member. The only reason you would be mayor is for ego. Other than that, and the aggravation of running a campaign <laughs> like this. And it's just, I hate to see what's happening. I and really do. The and the, money. Very, I hate to see what's happening. I'm very divisive what's, what's going on in this mayor's race. And it's really unfortunate for a community, a small community, that should be all working together and keep this game. When, when it's done, <laughs> irrespective of which candidate wins, there's going to be bad blood. There's going to be people who have hurt feelings and there's going to be things that have been done and said that should not have been done and said, and you're going to have to work with one of those guys. If you are elected to the council, how is that going to shape the future workings of the council? Knowing that possibly half of the people on the council are going to be very upset with whomever the mayor is. Well, hopefully they realize who they have to work for. They know why they're working, which is for the betterment of the community and they got to put those things aside and move forward. I mean, you just can't carry a grudge over something like this. This is, this is a non-paid position that we volunteer for to try to help and do a good job for the community we love. So if you're voting for Ed London, ladies and gentlemen, it's a vote for the adult in the room. Is that the, is that, <laughs> well, the, is that, that the campaign push? Well, that's not what my wife says, okay? <laughs> and my kids said I should grow up. And they all said, when am I going to mature? And what else? So I know I... I I've, I've been called a lot of things, but never an adult. All right. Well, well I, I do have a, a budget question up because we have the budget coming up, vote coming <laughs> up uh, here. Um, what is your, I mean, you, you've seen that the, the new budget, I believe, has just been transmitted. It's really mo- almost no changes from the one that was adopted. Are you expecting another long, long meeting? Will there be a series of amendments to, to delete this and delete that? Uh, what what's What's going to happen? Okay. Well, first of all, let's. Go to the big picture before we get the individual items. This year, we're going to probably have at least a million-dollar surplus. So what does that mean? That means that we over-budgeted by a million dollars. And we did that. Well, the CFO says there's no surplus. Well, there is. Okay. So basically, the question becomes, a budget's a guess. The further out you go, the less likelihood your guess is going to be accurate. But the question then becomes is, what do you do with that million dollars? Do you reduce the taxes going forward a million dollars or do we put it, quote, into the unassigned fund or do we do something else with it? The year before, we had $3 million. Do we lower taxes because of that? No. We put that into the unassigned fund. We increased 
one of the assigned funds, which it's a slush uh, fund, Tony. I'm sorry, <laughs> the slush fund. Anyway, so like <laughs> my, my first thing, Tony, is let's. I mean, you can see the yeah. budget. Everything's allocated to different but departments. Tony, yeah. when you look at it, yeah. you will see, and you didn't see it when they showed it to you before, because they showed you what was spent through six thirty. Okay, for basically nine months. Then I had them change it, so Benjamin got it through seven months. Now I'm saying, listen, how can we make a decision and saying this is the proper amount of money? We don't know what it cost last time. You're telling us now it has to go up by 10% or 20%. We don't know if before was the right number. 20% on a budget, when we don't know if that budget was correct. So hopefully by next week, we're going to have at least through the end of August, which would be 11 months, maybe further. So we'll now have a better idea. Then again, it's up to the will of the council. And there's some council members who I love dearly. Whatever management wants, they give them. They don't challenge anything. You want to hear them talk very much. It's fine. And then they'll fight over minor items rather than major items. What about not going forward with the community center? There are people who want that. <clears throat> Listen, question is, they brought something up. Did they tell us, and I'm one of the people, it says, hey, this was not proper. What are we going to get for $150,000? What do we want? We said we talked about expanding the community center before. Let us see what you want. Bring it up. And then is this what the community wants? Fine. Or do we want indoor swimming pool, outdoor swimming? What do we need? What do we want? The next thing comes up is that we're going to build a new gym. But I also understand the discussions possibly that the same way we basically make deals with different people, that uh, St. Agnes is building a new gym big new gym, which they don't use most of the time when we would use the gym. Do we enter into an agreement with them to use their gym, second gym, rather than buy, build a new gym? How much is that going to cost us? Is that, is that the best thing? So before we do these things, I want to get all the information on the table so I know what I'm voting for. I'm not just going to vote to spend $150,000 in design. I don't even know what the hell they're designing. All right, 90 seconds. <laughs> Council Member London, 90 seconds closing argument. Why are you the guy? <laughs> Listen, what you see is what you get, okay? <laughs> Maybe that's not the right thing to say because it's better off not to see me. It's better to see, see what I'm that's doing. Anyway, so basically, I think most people know what I've done in the past, what I stand for, fiscal responsibility, the best, highest quality of services we can provide to the residents at an efficient operation of government and also moving forward with long-term needs whether it be storms sewers whether it be the beach causeway all these things they're the things we have to work on and i will continue to work on the best i can and i will investigate everything i mean i read every damn thing that comes across before i ever vote or anything before i discuss anything whether it be the budget whether it be the audit anything that's what i do and i will continue to do that if people like what I've done, they can vote for me. If not, I won't get free pizza. That's the end of the story. <laughs> Councilmember Ed London, his 90-second summation for his third crack at it, I guess, for Village Council of Key Biscayne. Thank you for being our guest on the ISO. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for coming Thank in, you, Tom. We'll be, uh, we'll be back right after this.
And we're back on Antisocial, uh, the candidate roundtable edition where we get to uh, interview all of the candidates for mayor and all the candidates for council. I love this. P- I love this series, Tony. It's my favorite My favorite series of shows. You just have one more candidate to come on the show, Mr. Andy. Herrera. Andy, who who I hope comes on. And I, 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 as I have said in the past, I have apologized personally to Andy for making all the bullhorn jokes. I didn't realize how insensitive that was coming across specifically to him. So I hope that... If I have done anything, if there's still heat there, he could he could forgive me. And okay, but when you use the bullhorn, he wasn't in the room. I was in the room. I think the apology shouldn't be going to him. I need to apologize. <laughs> I'm the one who had to listen to the bullhorn. Listen, there's nothing funnier to me than a bullhorn, and if it has been associated with Andy, that's not my intent anymore. I just think it's a funny gag. So, uh, so there you go. Um, my social media feed, Tony, before we get too much into it, I want to do a shout out to uh, Marcelo uh, Hernandez from uh, the Only in Dade guy. He does the Only in Dade wrap yes, up. Yes. He is joining the cast of Saturday Night Live. I think it's a huge deal and we should all uh, be pretty proud of that. Uh, that's going to be funny. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because this is in addition to many other great things about the 305. Humor is yep. it's, it's a font of it. And he's the first Cuban-American to join the Saturday Night Live uh, cast uh, and a hometown guy. So uh, aside from uh, Nestor Cortez, the uh, ace pitcher for the Yankees, he'll be my uh, he'll be my second favorite Miamian in the big leagues, so to speak. Let's well, we talk about things in the uh, Keep Us Getting Independent. Yeah. Because it's... Um, yeah, you've got... You just wrote a, a whole, you know, and... and uh, we t- touch upon it with Ed, um, you know, the whole nasty mailer thing coming out in the packs and all that stuff. It's really insane. Right. Well, but the news is, is that uh, there's been three complaints filed with the Florida Elections Commission to uh, basically start an investigation. I mean, it's, it's Gene Stearns filing the complaints. That's correct. It's, it's, he filed them. So it's yeah. one person making three complaints, correct. not three yes. separate complaints. Yeah. Right. Three, one person making three complaints directed against each of these three outside Hacks. Yeah, because uh, it's the right. whoopsies we forgot to file gag that all packs do, right? I and mean, that's basically well, what we're talking well, about. Well, that's I guess there are packs that are more uh, rigorous about filing their um, disclosures, but these particular ones have really been. Uh, some of them have been haven't filed anything. I mean, they're just waiving every report deadline that comes up. I tried reaching um, two of the chair people. <laughs> they you have to list a chairperson of the political committees, and I reached um, the chair of both of them. Uh, one gentleman said that he hadn't received any expenses, so bills to pay. That's why no reports have been filed. The other one said that he uh, was going to get back to us very soon about what was going on at, for the expenditures in Key Gain. That pack actually is active in other races in Broward County. Right. But but there. the Looking at the numbers a little bit deeper – um, you know, the one of the problems is is that even when the money comes in, it's hard to necessarily figure out who is paying for something because Florida law allows PACs to basically contribute to each other. Correct. So it means that it's essentially a PAC can give to a PAC, which gives and gives to a PAC. And so I would use the term lawful money laundering because there's no way to assess where the actual dollar dollars uh 
go from point A to point right. B. Right, and I think this is a, a bigger issue than the content of the pieces themselves. While the content of the mailers coming out has been incendiary to say the least, the real issue is that those mailers cost money. Somebody's paying for them. These aren't cheap pieces. To design them, to print them, and then the actual postage themselves is money, and nobody knows where that money came from. Right. And the question for the voters is, do, do you as a voter, does a community have a right to know who is bankrolling a campaign? Is yes. That a, is that a fundamental piece of information? Well, yeah, I, I imagine it is. And then the other side of that is, as, do you as a donor have a fundamental right to some semblance of privacy so that if you are donating to a specific cause that may be controversial, other people can't take it out on you because you have done right. that. And you have a, you have a so right to be confidential line? for a 501c3 donation. Correct. Right. Um, but uh, so, And that's up to the, between you and the 501c3, I should make that clear, Correct. charity. But- the that part political are are not it's right. specifically well, not and, that kind and of and your five hundred one c three the Akibiskane Independent we are transparent in in who our we donors follow are. the guidelines of the Institute for Nonprofit News and so donations over five thousand dollars are identified right but in political campaigns if you're donating to a five hundred one c four or a political action committee don't need to know who you are um, so I think there's a tangled web there. Um, but I think it would be good for the uh, voters of Key Biscayne to know who's behind the money, especially given the fact that this will by far be the most expensive election oh, in no Key Biscayne no. ever. We've we've left history behind. And we're, to council member, new, it's like the Old Testament, Old Testament, and the New Testament. There's you know, before yeah. 2022 yeah. and after 22, yeah. because it's a different world now. And to Council Member London's point, like why? It's it's not it's not a particular it's not a good paying job. It's not a particularly powerful are you looking job. For a reason? Well, he said it was ego. I think there are 250 million reasons. Two hundred. You know, so you think it is a slush fund? You think they're going to be somebody's going to no, be getting control that, of that money and they're going to push it? I think that that spending 250 million dollars on projects in a visible spot like that is going to draw attention. And I think that there's, Oh, see, I was thinking it was yeah. more nefarious. I thought you were, you were suggesting that perhaps how those and to whom those $250 million are directed to do the work buys an awful lot of political capital. I think it's just a big statement of a big investment and um, a small little sleepy town that's spending $36, $37 million of money around, and it, a lot of it's, you know, controlled by labor contracts. And anyway, what's the discretionary spend in a village like Key Biscayne? Very small, really. So, but now you're talking about big contracts that are going to be building huge pumping stations and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, you know. Yeah, I think you're kind. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that there, that could be a fact. I think you're kind. I think that 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 goes back to uh, that goes back to Councilmember London's uh, ego comment. Uh, you know, I think that's generous. And and you guys live here, so you should be you should be magnanimous to your fellow residents. I, I, I think I'm kind to. I I would I would be more worried sometimes, about. Sometimes you do confuse me. I, really I would be more worried about who gets the jobs. Right. If you you know, I live in the city of Miami. I'm used to watching various different political folks push large amounts of money to their cronies on big jobs. And that's how political capital is won and lost in the city of Miami 
and yes, I've said it out loud, and yes, I'm going to get a call after this, and yes, I'm going to get in trouble for it, but I'm not wrong. Okay. I would just I would just hope that the causeway remains some sort of barrier between that type of politics and the retail community politics of the past. Well, you and know, the, some the some money people, being spent concerns me. Some people really don't want, some people would like to get rid of the causeway. Drawbridge. Tunnel, or, or, or Elon Musk call Elon and dig a tunnel. The, the, the Manny Cambo tunnel. The the Manny Cambo memorial tunnel. You're just, you're just trying to get back on the air with Manny. Is that what this is turning into? Well, I want to get back on the air before the election because I want to get thrown off the air before the election. It's it's now become a tradition. <laughs> Remember? So we should have a show that we it's planned. This is the show. This is the last show. The, 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 okay. the next last show <laughs> on the blink. Don't blink because we'll be off the air before you do. <laughs> Like every season, we have an episode where we get thrown off the air. Yes. Okay. It's like yeah. a running gag. Is yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. I got it now. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little slow, it, it but I got it. Every now. if you if you if you're tracking along before every election, we get thrown off the air. Okay. It's now a tradition. So we have an election going. We got thrown off before the primary, so now we have. So we have to get back on the air. All right. So that he could throw us why off. Why don't the you air. call when the show is over? Why, why, why don't you call? I'll call Manny. Call Manny. I'll call Manny. Okay. Manny's going to listen to this show and. Yeah, he, he catches up with them later. Yeah, he yeah, does. He, yeah. he, we, hear, we chat every now and then. Yeah, because he, you know, he understands it's really good radio. And he probably would really like it on his air. <laughs> All right. We have to get out of here. We have to get out. The time, time to wrap up the show. All right. Uh, listen, uh, before we go, if, uh, if you find the type of news information and entertainment that we provide valuable, if you are reading the Key Biscayne Independent and getting... Uh, the types of in, the type of stories that you could only find here about your community, and that is important and valuable to you. Please go to kbindependent.org and hit the donate button because news, while valuable, is not cheap. Uh, for Antisocial, I am Tom Mosloom. I'm Tony Winton. Be safe, everybody. Be safe. And again and again. The bear cut bridge.